What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. Welcome to Random Movie Generator with myself, David Earl, and David Edwards. Absolutely happy to be here, as always, to have some cinematic communication, interaction. Lovely to see you every uh, every Saturday morning, you know that. Same to you, this has now become my Saturday. It's like the um, when I used to go to church in my altar boy days. On a um, on, on the weekend, this has become like a holy moment for me, a pilgrimage each week. I mean, you may joke, but I was thinking, bloody hell, if this stopped, what a strange experience it would be. Oh, yeah, massively. Gosh, yeah, definitely. It's like I was thinking about we need to do like a proper Christmas um, podcast, because last time we did one, it was like, well, you know, we started this podcast type of thing. We should do one. But I mean, this is like a proper year anniversary, isn't it? Well, we're a top 50 TV and movie review podcast. Good. Top 50, that sounds good. That really does. Oh, it? Do you know there are 3 million TV and movie podcasts in the country, and we're top 50? How many did you say 3 million? No, I made it up. I was going to say, flippity skip. I can't quite believe we're in the top 50. That must be some kind of algorithm quirk or something. Cause this Why won't you just go, except people want to listen to you? Absolutely, they they want to give me their yeah, earbuds for like, but apps, and I'm happy to you know to to, to give it to them on a, on, a, on a cracker or a you know a slice of bread or whatever, slice it on for them. That metaphor doesn't work, but there you go. Welcome everybody, and welcome to everybody who's watching on YouTube. Sorry, we're a bit late. We've had some Wi-Fi issues, but uh, we're here now, and uh, we're ready to talk movies. Apps. Ready to interact and put the latest movie gossip and information into your frontal lobes, into your brain. David, I get excited by this. You went to the cinema last night. Absolutely. Was it a pleasurable... Was the first part a pleasurable experience? As in getting there, buying the food and sitting down. That was, yeah, that was fine. 
Yeah. What's your usual kind of... Um, <laughs> Run of the mill. Sort of routine type of thing. I mean, you know, the main thing is, you know, um, what Hollywood has exported from the USA and brought to the British Isles for us to check out type of thing. Okay. Did you have a milkshake? You can't. Can you take milkshakes in the cinema? No, I didn't have a milkshake. I, I'll tell you what I did have. I had uh, the latest tango drink, which is called a Paradise Punch. And I know for a fact that I love it, but I don't think you'd be a fan. I think it's too much like um, 10 year olds, extra, extra sweet taste buds. But I absolutely loved it. Seems like the sort of drink that would attract wasps. Definitely. <laughs> On a 70s or 80s style picnic of a family during some holidays. I like the idea of a swarm of wasps coming into the cinema. Darkly, I was thinking to myself, this would go perfectly with a bit of gin. Or um, a bit of vodka and slowly get slushed. Uh, gin's not bad because uh, as long as you keep it to a certain extent, the hangover is not that bad. If you cross the line, it's horrific. But once you're uh, into your 40s, even if you're not going to get a hangover, any drink I find disrupts your sleep. So you're always a bit worse for wear the next morning. I, re- I only got into gin in the last couple of years. Oh, really? Uh, and I think it's superb. Don't have much of it. Absolutely. Um, cucumber gin, which sounds incredibly boring, but that's got a lovely kiss at the end of every gulp. That really yeah. has. A nice allotment cucumber little zest at the end of each a lot, set. A lot. A lot. Not a lot. A lot. A lot. Oh, there's my wife with my garden strimmer. Oh, blimey. I thought you were going to say your <laughs> latte, but garden strimmer, that's, in, that's equally as impressive to own a garden strimmer. Yeah, I got really into gin two summers ago. Oh, yeah, it's great in the summer, yeah. Yeah, i got tummy problems. Oh, does it help tummy problems, gin? Well, I think I was having too much tonic. Right, okay, yes, you can have that, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you do like a bit of the old red vin, red wine, and that can create um, a bit of a sort of a witch's cauldron in the old <laughs> stomach department. <laughs> so you had a tango paradise. Was it up to... Oh, were yeah. You, were you impressed? Very impressed. I actually leaned over to Ryan at one point and said, that's blooming nice. And I could tell he wasn't impressed that I was cutting into his like movie time with like tango reviews. He was quite polite. He, he smiled, but I you could tell the you eyes were during the film? Um, during the trailers, in the middle of a Napoleon trailer, the new Ridley Scott film. <laughs> so I was quite... I'm looking forward to that movie, so, you know. <laughs> I like how you couldn't focus on the trailer. I was like, ooh, yeah, I like a- this. Oh, is it a big bottle? Uh, quite a large bottle, about 500 millilitres. Right. God, that's quite exact, wasn't it? Yeah. It's a shame I can't remember other information, like actors' names or film directors, considering <laughs> this is a film podcast, but I can tell you exact millilitres of a tango bottle. In the what darkness. did you have to eat with it? Yeah, it was a funny old one. It was where... It was a case of during the actual cinema experience, I was like... I'm, f- I'm beating the system type of thing doing this. This is really impressive. But then when I got in the shower this morning, I was like, you don't want to be doing that when you're 45. So oh, I'm a bit do? conflicted. It was nothing illegal. Don't worry, people. Um, it, it was, um, we, um, it's a long film. I saw The Killer of the Flower Moon. Did uh, you? Oh, yeah, the new Scorsese film. Killer oh, of the my Moon. God. Okay, this might be a slightly different episode because I'd definitely like to hear a long review of this. Happy... Happy to do so, sir. Oh, I didn't realise. 
Oh yeah, Killer the Flower Moon, absolutely. Right, um, so you... Right, go on, what were you going to say? Go on. And uh, we knew it was going to be a long film because it's like three hours and 27 minutes. It's a long, long movie. And um, we came, we've been thinking about this idea for a while whilst in Tesco's. And when we came up with it, we thought, oh, well, this is genius. I, mean, I don't know why no one's actually thought this idea out, but looking back at it when doing it and physically, basically it wasn't that incredible. It was the idea that you could buy some really nice hot dog buns for £1.20 and then a large tin of, um, uh, what's the name of the sausages? Uh, Frankfurters. And then ketchup. And then you can just have a massive hot dog banquet of like endless hot dogs. Just like sit there, just eating hot dogs, just watching cinema. And you can do it for like £2.50. For both of us sharing the hot dogs and the actual buns. Really nice buns. They've already been cut in the centre. So you can slice them in. And then a nice bottle of ketchup. And you can just, um, instead of having the Cineworld um, hot dogs, and they're big, plump, very large. Um, we brought a can opener with us. And uh, we just sat there eating hot dogs together for £2.30 or 40 yeah. Um, oh, fucking hell. So much I, was going on in that sentence. And then I looked back at it in the shower this morning. I just thought, there's just something a bit odd about that. <laughs> Flipping hell. Are those sausages that are sort of wet and floppy when they come out of the... They are, but, I mean, I thought they were absolutely fine. They were really, really nice. How many buns did you have on you? Um, I've still got some now in the fridge. I don't know what the maths was. It was um, quite a few. I reckon we had I five each. I love the idea of sitting next to you or near you, not knowing you, and just, you keep making hot dogs. <laughs> I know, it was quite a, um, quite a treat. Wow. So if, were you sort of, you weren't buttering them or anything? No, no, we weren't, um, we weren't buttering you them. You had a bottle of tomato sauce with you. Ketchup. Yes, and it's, it's so you were sort of making them. Would you make them for Ryan? And oh no, we just made them for uh, ourselves. We kept individual because Ryan's got a bit of a thing. He doesn't like sharing food. Nor do you. No, I suppose I don't. But he's got a real <laughs> thing about it, whereby everything needs to be halved in a kind of um, very definite manner. I must admit, I'm not. I'm a bit like that. I'm oh, not I'm crazy I can, like it. I can empathise with it. I can completely relate. It's like, yeah, don't worry about that, mate. I 100% understand what you're saying there. Did you have any sort of sweeties after as, as a dessert? No, God, no. The hot dogs completely uh, destroyed us, 100%. Right. I mean, they're very big buns, and they were very large um, Savoy, um, you know, sausages type of thing. Right. There are five of them. And I mean, if you stack five of those up, that's your intestines. Do you know what I mean? That's your whole shebang. It's amazing what the body can take, isn't it? Oh, yeah, if you've got willpower and focus. <laughs> Definitely, 100%. <laughs> and the uh, bread was really nice. I think next time... I love how every week you go for something a little bit different. You're not just, we do that, I have that, and I have that, I have popcorn and that. It's always something, it's pears, it's hot dogs, it's... 
Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? It's a case of, um, I think we'll do it again, maybe, but there's part of me that didn't feel very dignified the next morning. I was just thinking, what's that about? Two middle-aged men making hot dogs in the dark. And cold. That didn't bother me, bizarrely, but clearly it should do. He didn't He didn't mind it. Ryan didn't mind it. And he's a lot more normal with his eating than me. Right. He's right. more like um, the common sense element, which is like, Dave, do you want to do this because of A, B, and C? And I see it through his eyes, and suddenly there's an element of clarity involved. Roy says here, how Scorsese meant it to be watched. Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, we just destroyed ourselves on hot dogs for £2.50. And I would have had to have paid like eight pounds for one hot dog in Cineworld. What's better? What's better going down though? Cineworlds or yours? I'd definitely say mine because what they do now with hot dogs is if they give you no actual toppings, it's all like um, chemically put into the sausage. So they say it's honey mustard and cheese. Where's my honey mustard and cheese? It's in the sausage apparently, like I'm an astronaut and I'm putting it in my mouth like a pill. You know what I mean? It's just like, how commodified is that? You want to have the actual sloppy liquid, you know, on top of it. Yeah. So I'd definitely say that. But, front row? Uh, absolutely front row, because we had to lay the hot dogs out. So there's more reasons than just keeping the audience... What do you mean you laid them out? On the floor? No, no, not to that degree. Oh, but I right. mean, you've got like right. a, um, a bag of buns and the ketchup and the, and the tin and do you, stuff. Do you have to get to the cinema early to get your front row seat? Or does no one want it? No one wants it. Oh, that's interesting. So no one so wants they're, that. They're on. the last to go, and you're like, I can give a shit, that's the one I want. Oh, absolutely, 100%, yeah last to go well I think some people it'd be a case of I wouldn't um, even bother watching the film if it's that front up but um, I just find the audience so loud at times yeah what do you mean what talking um, talking but definitely uh, the eating with the popcorn is just insane I've said to Ryan a few times you know can you hear that and he like sort of shakes his head because I think what you mean have... massively massively you just have to go with it now. It's just part of cinema etiquette. You just got to go with it. And if it's a film that has massive silent moments like um, Flower of the Killer Moon, um, it really is a case of um, you just hear it. It's just like crunch, 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 <gasps> crunch, 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 crunch. Yeah. It depends. It's all psychological because when it's a family CGI film, it's like you go with it because it's understandable. Do you know what I mean? You're surrounded by kids. But when it's an adult's movie, you just think, come on, pull your bloody socks up. Says Mr. Ten Hot Dogs. I know. But at least hot dogs are um, a, a bit more silent in their kind of uh, yeah. masticating, yeah. I think that's the word. Yeah, yeah. David, I don't think I've enjoyed an episode as much as the last seven minutes. Do you know why? The hot dogs uh, took me by surprise. Absolutely. And the film we're about to review is tantalising. And, um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to rush the review. So if we only just do the review and then we do Rat Mandy's review, then fine. Because I, I really want to know... Was it busy? Are you a massive Scorsese fan then, or...? Um, 
Yeah, I don't know why I'm excited. So I'm quite interested in what... That's fair yeah. enough, the marketing well, as well. Can we name his films, see if I've actually watched them? Well, you've got... Um, he started off, his big hit was Mean Streets. That's the first yeah, thing that got him on the streets. Um, on the street, you know, on the, uh, on the kind of um, map. You've then got... Um, he then did a, a few small indie films after that that did quite well, but then the, the big one after that was Taxi Driver. Then, um, I'm only talking about his big landmark yeah. films here, yeah. but um, he then, it all went to his head, he started taking way too much cocaine, and he did the film The Jazz Singer, um, which what, is about... Diamond? Neil Diamond? Um, I don't think Neil Diamond's in The Jazz Singer. Have a look on... Um, the, the, the Jazz movie. Singer? The Jazz Singer. No, 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 I don't think that is. It starred Robert De Niro as a saxophone player. Jazz Singer's Neil Diamond, isn't it? Am I going mad? Um, well, I mean, was um, was Robert De Niro in the Jazz Singer that you watched? Neil Diamond? He's in it, is he? Directed by Richard Fleischer. Oh, no, that's a different film, completely. Uh, KB says not the jazz singer. Because, I mean, there's loads of jazz singers. Because also there's a 20s one, which was the first ever sound movie, wasn't it, that Warner Brothers produced. So I think the jazz singer has been... Um, it's well, a name that's been... He's done a film called The Jazz Singer. Who has, sorry? Scorsese. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's a classic film. and It was a massive bomb. It was very <laughs> ambitious. I've never heard of it. And um, he, he had loads of power at that point, and he was highly high on co- cocaine. And... Um, narratively it's poorly structured there's some great music sequences but it didn't do at all well at the box office and it was the it was it marked very much the end of the auteur period of the 70s where the director had loads of creative power and instead was ushered in blockbusters in the 80s it's called new york new york oh my god what a fucking hell the jazz singer is neil diamond oh i apologize sorry it's called new york new york what a disaster apologies people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Flipping hell I don't even watch movies What a disaster that is Apologies I've never heard of New York, New York New York, New York um, Yeah, Robert De Niro It's all about the swinging jazz period In the uh, turn of the century And um, it, uh, it, it it marked him Whereby he kind of lost his way creatively Is but, it that bad? Well, it's not terrible. The music sequences are very impressive. De Niro's good. I've never heard of this. De Niro's in it. Yes, but it goes on too long. It, it overstays its welcome. Narrative-wise, the pacing isn't great. You can tell it's a man who's being overly ambitious, that's high on cocaine. Then he got his um, uh, his mojo back after going into rehab, and he did Raging Ball um, with De Niro. And then Do you I'll... know what? I used to watch Scorsese movies when I was about 18, 19 to kind of go, I watched a Scorsese movie last night. Oh, God, yeah, definitely. He's definitely like that? got that. Oh, massively. Have you seen Raging Bull? Uh, no, what's that? You've not seen Raging Bull? Oh, right. Uh, maybe a bit like that. It's kind of art house cinema that the mainstream audience can embrace. And also, it's all about masculinity and crisis. So it's all very relatable, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? For like a young male audience. I would say after Raging Ball, the other one that was really important is definitely Goodfellas. And I'd say that's the one that totally cemented 
him being not just a big up and coming director but iconic that was like the second phase of his career where it's like yeah this guy is really quite important he's a part of like um american history cinema now you know he's not just like a new kid on the he's not a william freakin who did exorcist and french connection and then just faded away he's not going to be a de palma he seems to be very consistent in his output and then after that there was casino can i can i run through his films Absolutely, David. please, please do. <clears throat> or I'm going to pick not all of them. Mean Streets, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, The King of Comedy, The Color of Money, Last Temptation of Christ, Goodfellas, Cape Fear, Casino, Gangs of New York, The Aviator, The Departed, Shutter Island, The Wolf, Wall Street, The Irishman, Killers of the Flower Moon. I tell you what is interesting with his latest interview is that people attacked King of Comedy so much, so badly, that um, he considered just leaving the industry. He thought it was the end of his career. And I recently read the um, King of Comedy script only this week, and it's a great film. Absolutely amazing. But he was so mocked for it. Unbelievable. King of Comedy? Oh, massively. Apparently, even talk shows would use it as, like, the... um, you know, like you know, like they they pick something, don't they? And they constantly use it as like, well, Alicia didn't direct the King of Comedy. You know, they lost a lot of wow. money, but not as much as the King of Comedy. And the whole of the Joker was based around the King of Comedy, isn't it? But the script also, which Scorsese didn't write, but very much you know um, influenced and directed, and you know talked about the drafts, is incredibly good. Really good script to sit down and read. I mean, he's, he's, let's just say he's got some absolute humdingers behind him. Oh, Goodfellas is just so, um, uh, the way it's edited and put Cape together. Fear. Yeah. Cape Fear yeah. is really interesting because originally, um, Spielberg was going to direct Cape Fear and Scorsese was going to direct Schindler's List. And they had a conversation and they literally decided to swap. I love that bit of info, David. Yeah, they literally People would be listening to this pod going, I beg your pardon, I didn't know that. Martin, yeah? I'm listening to this podcast. What podcast? It's called Random Movie Generator, and uh, one of the presenters just told me that they're going to absolutely love that. That's what I'm hoping. That's why I'm on this planet, to share the news. tomorrow, uh, Tomorrow, yesterday, David, when you left work, were you very excited about watching this movie? Yes and no. It's got to be said, I, I like Scorsese, don't get me wrong. I prefer his earlier De Niro films to his DiCaprio films. Um, I mean, so with DiCaprio, obviously, you've got Wolf of Wall Street, which is really good. Avatar, Avatar? Aviator. Dear God. Aviator was... David, good. sorry, David, you'd like to hear this. David, something else in the chat says, David's info nuggets are world class. Thank you, sir. From Info David, something, something else. Oh, I, do you I, know what? I might try and remember that if, and each episode. Just say, have you got an info nugget? In I hope, hope I can come up with that. Like Google Bard or Ch- ChatGPT. Apparently, ChatGPT, if it hasn't got an info nugget for you, it has what they call a hallucination, and it will just come up with something. And 
it came up with a bizarre hallucination for me when I was asking questions about Jurassic Park because you can get chat GPT you can interview people so I sometimes go on there and I, I, I have conversations with Steven Spielberg which is a bit bizarre and it I went your pardon you can have conversations with like famous people on chat GPT and ask can them you? about their career and they'll give you well, information you only if, not not consistently all the time when you're having some gin Absolutely, with my um, Tango Punch Paradise, my Cucumber Gin and Tango Paradise. And it went to a bizarre route where it started hallucinating that Spielberg and Richard Dreyfus um, had an argument and a fight on set. And you could tell, first of all, Richard Dreyfus was never in Jurassic Park. But um, yeah, AI does go into bizarre hallucinogenic kind of um, hallucinations, they call it. But I've really gone off topic there. I apologise. Well, Okay, so you were you weren't particularly excited by this movie. I thought you would be. The central, basically, I've not heard one bad review for the movie. So number one, fantastic. Um, I would say, I would say, I preferred um, Scorsese's earlier stuff than the more modern. The Caprio stuff isn't poor that he's done with Scorsese. Dear God, it's very good. I really enjoyed Shutter Island and things like that. I but didn't. I, I turned it off. Well, there you go. I'd never say it's quite it's up boring. to that same kind of level. It felt as though I might be going to have my vegetables in the sense that, you know, every. Ah, I mean, it's going to be the Oscar movie. the Irishman movie. a vegetable movie? No, it wasn't an actual fact. It was a case of, um, I thought Al Pacino was hilarious in it. I thought the uh, de-aging wasn't amazing. The third act was really good, whereby it wasn't just a crazy good fellas. Don't, don't tell me, because I, I think I wouldn't mind watching it. It's the got Irishman. a really interesting twist. Should I watch twist. it, The Irishman? Um, yes, I would definitely watch it, 100%. Yeah, 100%. The only thing that annoys me with these films is that I would have liked to see it in the cinema, just not on Netflix. It's like David Fincher's The Killer. That's having a very small theatrical release late October, and then it's on Netflix early November. And David Fincher painstakingly works on his blocking his mise-en-scene to a man who's got severe OCD, and then it's just going to go on Netflix. I don't know why you why David Fincher would bother making a film. I guess it's just the budget. It's the only people who are going to make it. But people are going to be watching a David Fincher film on a mobile phone. And it's not me just being a cinematic. Eating hot dogs. Yeah, eating hot dogs. You're quite right for £2.50, <laughs> saying that's giving the middle finger to the man. But then yeah. a part of you thinking, no, this isn't good. Just buy a normal hot dog. Yeah. Okay. Was it busy? Um, not as busy as Oppenheimer, because I think that's a good test. That's Oppenheimer, bar, it? it Oppenheimer. is a bar. Not because I was a massive Oppenheimer fan. I thought it was okay. I perhaps wasn't as warm to it as others, but I thought it was good. And I'm not consistently amazed by Chris Nolan, but it's your three-hour adult drama during a period where cinema is in a very risky position whereby if it's not a high concept horror or a superhero mm. film it hasn't got like a specific blockbuster unique selling point it's not going to do well so how do you feel going into or how did you feel going into this movie scorsese movie knowing that it's three hours 20 how did you feel in your gut did you think this is a proper vegetable soup film, and I might get bored halfway through. 
know, I was more of a case of just settle into it like a warm bath. Just settle into it and you'll be fine. It's not a sprint. You know, it's a nice, luxurious marathon. You'll be absolutely fine. Because Oppenheimer, as much as I, I had some criticisms towards it, it's um, the third act I found a bit slow of Oppenheimer. But um, it didn't feel that long. The third act... Because once the bomb goes off, you feel as though the kind of um, the thriller aspect of it's no longer there. It's more about the communist aspect. It's more of a court case, and it changes gear. So I had this that is criticism. This review, absolutely. Please. So um, I think I was open-minded. It was more like you know, just have an adult attitude. I'm sure they'll keep you engaged. Okay. Okay. So. I mean, how long have we done? I'm just trying to work out the... We've done a half hour. Flipping hell. Flippity skip, in the words of uh, you. God, that went quick, didn't that? The light, um, time is very... Um, it's Precious. And temperament... You know, it's very... What is it? Subjective. I think I worked out I've got about 3,000 hours left. Flipping heck. Deary me, that's quite horrific. That's you can get yourself right. a. Um, if it's three thousand, when right. are you planning to die it's then? Days. <laughs> what I was going to say three thousand. I've got about three thousand days left. You can get a death watch, can't you? Whereby you actually look at your wrist and you can see it clocking down. They're very popular in Germany for some reason. Oh, have you? There you go. No, 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 Courtesy no. of Apple. Right. <laughs> right. Um, right. Review it. The pl- the stage is yours, Mister Edwards. Flowers of the Killer Moon. I would say... um, What's it about? Okay, so first of all, it is about... um, It's after the First World War. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio um, turns up fresh from the trenches. He was a chef in the First World War. And one very good thing about the film is DiCaprio plays a very different type of character than he's played before. He's slightly dim-witted. He's not Forrest Gump but he's not the sharpest tool in the box and he's easily manipulated by the people around him. You know, you can tell he, he was a, he was a grunt in the army and um, he's easily kind of uh, molded and directed by the people around him. Primarily his uncle who he goes to live with after the war, who's Robert De Niro, who's a big landowner in this part of um, America. And, um, Within this um, American community, the Native Americans have hit upon oil on their land and have now become millionaires. And suddenly the whole class system's turned upside down, whereby you've got white men pleading um, indigenous American, um, you know, Indian, American Indians as they wander into the town, asking them for like um, money, donations, things in that vein. And uh, Robert De Niro's character, who likes to be called the king, which gives you an insight into his kind of psyche, is wanting to marry off people from his white community with the indigenous tribes to try and uh, slowly get some of that money back into their families and communities. You know, basically uh, mixed blood races in a way. But at the same time, there's continual murders taking place in the community of Native Americans. So there seems to be some kind of conspiracy. Is the white man trying to get its money back? Mm. Well, that's that's hooked me in, just that. And DiCaprio... Um, and beautifully explained, may I say. Which is not like me. It's got to be no, said. So beautifully. Good Were you pleased telling. with that? It felt... Um, I think so. Yeah, maybe I didn't yeah, overthink it. No, I was just I think in, you absolutely in the flow. It. it was a Michael yeah. Jordan moment. 
basketball yeah. around. Yeah. One minute on the clock. Okay. Well, I might take this moment to... Shall we have a little listen? Oh, please do. To flowers with the killer moon. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I'll leave it to you. I don't know where to take it from here. I'll leave it to you. What next? Well, I'd say definitely the positives are it has the energy, um, the cinematography and the editing of, like, I would say a... Um, a 30-year-old film director, someone who, um, you know... Because you've got to remember, Scorsese's now 81. It's quite incredible. A lot of these directors... It's like Ridley Scott, who's got the Napoleon um, epic coming out in November, also financed by Apple. It's interesting that, you know, all these big director films are financed by these big Silicon Valley computer companies now. Um, he's also 80... He's in his early 80s. It's just like, these are sprawling epics... I don't know how they manage... I mean, I have mornings where I literally can't stop start my car, and I'm not using that in a sarcastic manner. Do you know what I mean? It's like sometimes it takes me four times to park my car. What do you mean? um, Just to get it lined up, make sure it's properly, you know, it's not OCD, it's just like, you know, well, you can't leave it like that, Dave, someone's going to scratch into it, you know. And you're um, comparing that to making a... Well, definitely, because making a film is right brain, left brain, I was just thinking that. I was thinking about being in the edit... And creating a three and a half hour story. How the hell? How the hell do you get that right? Thing is, um, more and more, I know a lot of people who've worked in special effects companies, and they do say that um, directors like Tim Burton, they say the reason why they've kind of become more and more commercial and they've dropped the ball more and more is they have less and less really to do with many of the elements of the film. You know, they, they God, I more, thought you said Nelly the Elephant. Well, Dumbo, there you go. I mean, what did you say? Many of the elephants. What did I say then? Many of the elements. Many of the elements. Many of the elephant gets involved, which is like uh, his side. Many of the elephants. Nelly the elephant. Many of the elephants. Many of the elements. Nelly the elephant. Many of the elements. Nelly the elephant. Absolutely, they do work hand in hand. If you say it quick enough, Nelly the elephant comes up. Many of the elements. Nelly the elephant go. Uh, Nelly the elephant packed a trunk and said goodbye to the circus. Off she went with the trumpety trump, 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 trump. trump. Nelly the The elephant packed a trunk and went and said goodbye to the circus. Off she went with the trumpety trump, 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 trump. trump. Many of the elements packed a trunk. Many of the elements packed the trunk. I'm really struggling here, but I'm keeping on board. I'm having real cognitive dissonance. I think psychiatrists call it at this point. Before Such a I gear forget, change. David, Absolutely amazing, but I'm going to go with it. Like any key I forget, improviser. So I got a, a private message on Patreon. Wowzers. Mr. L, this is from Anthony Allen. Can you please tell David Edwards that he makes me so furious when he talks about CGI and calling it special effects? It's visual effects. Special effects is what's done in production on set. He has made me so angry this morning whilst listening to the show and ruined my favourite part of the day when I get to listen to your podcast with a bowl ready back. Furious! Well, it's lovely to know there's a positive in there that we are part of his ready break treat. Yeah. And he is quite right. Special effects is done on set. It's a visual effects in post-production. And I take... What's this man's name? Anthony Allen. 
Anthony Allen, I apologise. I am on one knee like a knight in front of its king. You are quite right. It's visual effects. It's a valid point. Does he work in the industry? DPP said, oh, get over it, Anthony. But Anthony sounds like an interesting chap. Well, if David, you can leave something some else YouTube said, well comments. said, Anthony. Oh, that's sour things about <laughs> everyone getting on the Anthony bandwagon. God, um, that's just a very small taste of what it feels like to be cancelled. I've been a dark room right now. Can you imagine when you've got well, 200 Anthonys? It's well, visual effects, you bloody yeah. idiot. 20,000 Anthonys after every one of you. Shouting at me. Yeah. Visual effects. Visual eff- Some old yeah. woman in the middle of Tesco spits at me and says it's called visual Don't effects. Don't bring old women into Quite it. Quite right. Absolutely. <laughs> As Jarvis Kofka said, help the aged. <laughs> That's what we need right, to do. David. Um, can I just ask you a couple of questions regarding the film? Um, are there any set pieces or scenes that are, what's the word, thrilling or just... Well, um, I mean, the opening image is, I thought to myself, God, this feels like a really young filmmaker. And this won't ruin it, describing this image. But there's this amazing slow-mo shot with, like, kind of rock music, but it's not a specific band. Because, I mean, Scorsese is well known for his um, needle drops, isn't he, using, like, classic rock music, like Eric Clapton and things like that. So you've got, like, a star, because it's a period piece, but it's sort of rock music-esque. And you've got silhouetted Indians in slow-mo dancing and all this oil that's going to enter them into capitalism. It feels like Woodstock, which obviously he helped edit. He did the Woodstock movie. Okay. Which is interesting. But I mean, are there any moments in the film where you go, I'll tell you what, one and a half hours in, there's this section 10 minutes long that will blow your knickers off? The thing is, I don't want to spoil it for people, but there's there's great moments between um, DiCaprio and De Niro where their just performances are incredibly engaging. They're just very, very watchable. And De Niro, sorry, DiCaprio is very much playing a different type of character that we haven't seen before. Because like Wolf of Wall Street, there are times where he's just playing DiCaprio, the movie star. Do you know what I mean? Films like that. And um, definitely he's playing a different, uh, you know, he's inhabiting a character. You know, the way he uh, pulls his face, his mouth. It's very, very impressive. It's very, very engaging. And the, the female actresses in this are also incredibly good. I've actually, it's just very uh, annoying. And I do apologize. I've forgotten the name of the actress who plays the native Indian who he has a relationship with. Uh, she's incredibly good, very silent, uh, quiet and still, but gives over a real clear sense of personality and self. The acting is definitely Oscar level. It's something grave, her name. Sorry. From what, from what I know of you, I feel like you're f- trying to find parts of the film that are positive. And deep down, you're slightly disappointed. You've worked me out. You have worked me out there, Captain. Full stop. The problem I have with the film, no one has had a problem with. What is it? Every every review, if you go on YouTube, every review says the same thing. It's three hours and a half. I didn't notice it. I didn't feel the three hours and a half. And it needed those three hours and a half. But unfortunately, I found it just too laboured and too stretched out. And I really felt those three hours and a half. It felt to me like a Netflix miniseries. But unlike a Netflix miniseries that would have subplots and you go off with the FBI characters, um, you would spend perhaps more time with De Niro in his home. This is one single linear narrative, very much from DiCaprio's journey. And... um, it's just like 
and it's a very good writer. It's Eric Roth who wrote it. He wrote things like Forrest Gump and Dune. So this is an A-class group of people. But that three hours and a half... For instance, when the Indians start coming together and realise there's a, a potential conspiracy that white men are killing them off one by one, that's like an hour into the film. And I sat there thinking, this should have been introduced as the next significant narrative beat 20 minutes in. But at the same time, you really do feel immersed within the historical setting. This is how people lived during the era, which is fascinating. You, know, you really do feel one with the era and the mise-en-scene, the setting, all those different aspects. But those crucial landmark narrative beats, um, like, a, like a rat being given a new bit of cheese every time it turns a corner in a maze, they're very seldom... But if the performances weren't so good, if it wasn't so interesting you and shots... <laughs> you were missing your lumps of Stilton, weren't you? I was literally <laughs> missing my lumps of Stilton, but I'm the only one who's had that problem. The music's also very good. It's got a real foreboding boom, boom, boom. It reminds me of... Thin- boom, 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 boom. What did Ryan think? Um, he found it too long as well. Definitely found it too Listen, long. Listen, find me a three-and-a-half-hour movie that isn't too long. Sitting down on your toe trying to concentrate for three and a half hours is just impossible. Well, the thing is, I found this more so. This should be, in my eyes, which aren't other people's, it should have been a four-part Netflix miniseries. And it should have had subplots where you go off and join the other characters. That linear narrative that they've given you is more in keeping with a two-hour movie, I'd say. But I don't think anyone has had that criticism. People have only just said this is an amazing film. He's 81. He still hasn't lost his touch. David, respect to you for sticking your head above everyone and going, hey, no, too long. That's what I would say that the Irishman um, didn't feel as long as this. It kept me engaged more. I mean, there's great okay. moments. That, yeah, 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 we in, get that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. This is now your time to give us, tell us how many chalk ices out of five you're going to give Flowers of the Killer Moon. I'm going to have a little guess, uh, along with I, everyone else watching. I have to say, which is very positive, is that he's been with the same editor since Moon, Moon, uh, Mean Streets, Thelma Schoolmaker. So she must be in her like, mid-late 70s. He's 81. And he's edited together like... Um, I don't know, like they're probably established directors, but at the beginning of their careers, like Damon Chazelle, who's done Whiplash and Babylon, you know, a real, that new energy. So to think that she's like in her 70s and she's still able to edit in such a fresh, contemporary way. This is true. I mean, don't get me wrong, it goes on way too long, but what is that? Okay, so everyone, have you had your guess how many many chuckasses out of five David's going to give? Flowers of the Killer Moon. Over to you, David. Three. Wow. That's a very controversial number to give it, though. I mean, most people are giving it five, so do not be deterred from going to your cinema and watching it. Because I would say everyone has given this film five, and it probably will be the Oscar movie. Okay, can I go through the YouTube chat to see what people... Have some people seen it? Have some... No, sorry, uh, some sorry. people have, I think. But KB gave it three. Roy, 2.5. Stinkbits, guess three. Richard, guess 3.5. Zoe, 3.5. Trickster, four. Um, David something else said he'll bottle it and go for 3.5. He did not bottle it. He stuck with three. 
Um, respect said David something else. Uh, Eubank said three. Nicola Haddo said three. Well, I'm gutted, David. I I was really hoping you were going to say oh, this you is. You might like it, though. You might no, I know, really like I know. It. Yeah, but I was really hoping you'd go without a shadow of a doubt. There's no argument to be had. It's fucking amazing. I mean, you might not have a sort of JJ Abraham's OCD mind that just has to have like you know. Uh, explosions every five minutes. Has anyone in the YouTube channel seen the film? I see. Is it flipping out? We've got to stop this soon. We haven't done any of the. Oh no. Oh, has anyone seen it? Anyone seen it? I was going to watch it tomorrow at Cinema. Should I still go, David? Yes, absolutely. Everyone says it's good. This is only one man's view that you're getting who was dealing with ketchup and hot dogs and perhaps, you know. Well, someone did say you were. You were feeling uncomfortable with the amount of hot dogs you'd eaten. Absolutely, because, I mean, I had five, and that's your intestines, as I said earlier. Literally, I googled it. David Edwards is killing cinema receipts. I really am. Horrific. (laughs) Not helping the box office at all. Uh, Justin Young said, I did. It was a four and a half for me. Dear me. Well, I take my hat off to you, Captain. A lot more. And also, the commentary is very Brian felt the same. Yeah, we seem to have a bizarrely similar film taste, though, in the sense that, um, yeah, we, we seem to, uh, you know, I think more the older I get, I'm quite specific about what ticks my box type of thing. I just felt the length was too much. It felt more like a mini series. But then again, no one has yeah. slagged it off. The chap who said he'd give it a 4.5, what did he enjoy? I don't know, but we, we've got well, Absolutely, absolutely, 100%, 100%. Thank you so much, David, for this week's It's Been Wonderful Movie New movie review. Thank you, Captains of Industry. Thank you. David Edwards Movie Review. Right, we've got to do a really quick movie review of the random generated. So, oh, gosh, um, and we haven't even gen- randomly generated a film yet, have we? No, we got to do that as well. I've lit. We're so sorry, everyone. I mean, we've what have we done so far? We've done fifty minutes. I bet it needed it. It wanted it. It deserved it. God, that so went uh, quickly, didn't it? Blind. We're having fun. Right, um, David. So, what's the movie you're going to review this week? Right, it's a Japanese uh, family-friendly sci-fi film. Oh yeah, CJ Seven. It's about a single father called Ty who works tirelessly to earn enough money to keep his son, Dickie, enrolled in a private school. Dickie studies diligently, but his uh, threadbare clothing prompts him to be um, bullied by his friends. Um, Ty finds a glowing ball in a junkyard, though, and uh, it turns out to be an alien friend. So it's almost like so he's, his dad tirelessly works so his son can go to this fancy school. He doesn't bond with other kids. He's bullied. He's got exams coming up. But he comes across this alien. It's directed by Stephen Chow, who's a well-known Japanese um, film director uh, who's done a lot of action comedies. Um, and I would say the opening act of the film definitely had potential. David, I'm pretty sorry. Someone, I'm pretty sure someone wrote a message on Patreon just saying they couldn't wait to hear what you thought because they love the film. Yeah, I thought... Um, there was elements of merit within it, 
but I was I, I would say there was issues within it I mean the opening act had the potential for it to be like a Japanese take on ET and I thought this this is great it had great messages about a sort of son and father bond and definite a sense of you know um, that sense of bullying and nerves and anxieties within school was well captured you were but, dreading it I was so in actual fact it was nowhere near as bad as I thought so it wasn't a complete disaster whatsoever. When did um, you when you when you started watching it? At what point did you go? Oh, this is all right. How far in? When could you tell? It, I think yeah. um, the father and son interaction was interesting, and also the cultural perspective is interesting as well. How you're seeing things through a Japanese lens—the idea of how important education is to them, their cultural values, um, uh, their levels of respect to each other, um, their work ethic—you know—so you're not just watching a film; you're looking at it from a different ideological kind of cultural perspective which i think adds another layer of engagement when you're actually viewing it let's have a little listen to what's it called again um c uh you know know, cj7 let's have a little listen to cj7 simply amazing this incredible robot dog is cj1 a special project fabulous dangerous and one of the smartest toys in the whole wide world you wanna play? Yeah! Get away, poor boy! There are only two of these wonderful dogs in the entire world. The other is found in the possession of the US President's daughter. What is that? My lunch. I wanna see you stand up now. Listen, it doesn't matter how much you eat, you'll still be a dwarf. Get lost! I swear, the quality of these students in this place only gets worse every day. And look here, what do we got here? A monster or something? Hey, what are you doing? Eating rice. You're going to eat yourself to death at that rice. You should go see a doctor. Look at all that food. Just not right. Someone call the police and tell them to come and shoot this giant beast. What are you guys doing? (laughs) Women shouldn't be hit. You're just bullies. Just who do you think you are? No one. Get lost, poor boy. We don't want you around here. Yeah, Yeah, get out of here. Poor boy. How many sittings, David? I would say I had um, three sittings. Okay, that's... uh, So, what are we talking? Get up, make a coffee, get up, make some scones? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Simple as that. Crumpets. I'm more of a crumpet man. Not that I wish to crunch it. Oh, yeah, I'm a big fan of the crumpet. Oh, I love crumpets. With butter? Oh, 100%. What else? Um, Sweet or savoury? Dairy-ly triangles. Oh... I do like that on top of the old um, mm. uh, crumpet when it's hot and it melts in. And did you have that watching CJ? Seven, I said, are you going for a diet at the moment? Because you, you're very kind of food. I, I tell you that I'm almost like ticking your boxes at the moment. I'm you like, are. You I'm really handing you food mine. porn type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I really am sort of like hooking you in in a big, big... Uh, you really are. I'm really excited. I think... I think that's what, I'm that not wasn't eating. a criticism. That, that was not a criticism. It's out, in retrospect, it's like, right, Edwards, 
I just thought I'm answering a question. I, I, I don't mean it's a criticism towards you. I felt as though maybe that was a bit, um, a bit no, too much. No, I love knowing because I'm, I'm, yeah, because I can't have uh, crumpets without my ass expanding. But they're not. Um, are they crumpets then? I think they might be muffins. I have. They're not crumpets because they're not. Um, I don't think muffins are that bad. I think they're only like. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't really look at the calories, but it might be like a hundred or something like that for a muff. For a... yeah, but if I get if I had a muffin, I'd eat three. Yeah, maybe. I don't think that'd be. If that's your lunch, if that's your meal, though, that's fine. It's. I guess if you snack on them, that's the problem. Maybe I don't well, know. I just like listening to. I like reading Famous Five when they have their little toast and jam. Absolutely. But I think you Don't can have you? toast. toast. Oh, I mean, that's uh, half of Famous Five, isn't it? They're getting their picnic sir, together. When, when I mentioned it, I, I felt as though I was being critical. Not at all. If you write in food porn on TikTok, uh, I think it will be an absolute, you know. When, when I read Famous Five, Secret Seven, half of it is crime. Half of it is what are they having in their picnic. And that's how I treat this podcast. Absolutely. Half of it is film. Half of it is food. And what food do they have on Famous Five that really ticks your they box? Like toast and jam, crumpets, and the orange juice. And but uh, you know. what I'm saying to you is, Captain, is that you should get him on board the uh, the crumpet ship because I don't think it's going to put any. Ex- it's not going to give you J Lo thighs. Yeah, I think you can get involved. I can't get on board the crumpet ship. What do you have for lunch? If you're going to have lunch, if you're going to have lunch, what do you? Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Too much. But what, what do what do you have? What for lunch? Yeah, because I feel it's like I'm showing you a forbidden world. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just sort of like um, I'm more than happy though to um, to usher you in. I really want you to beckon me in with a bony finger. Come you come, on. sir. Have a muffin or two. <laughs> that's what. That's how I'm treating this pod. Um. So what do you have for lunch then? Can I ask? Like... Can I ask people in the? Does anyone else get what I'm getting? Do you like listening to David's? Does anyone else get tantalising sort of feelings listening to David? Is it just do me? Any, the only reason I I said that was just I looked at your eyes and I thought I'd really put you under a spell. You unknowingly, had. unknowingly hypnotised you. David, something says it's alluring. Uh, is it just me? Is it just me that likes to hear about hot buttered toast? It's not hot. So Dairy Lee, I would say you're looking at um, Dairy Lee is very low on fat, and I think the crumpets I have are very low. I reckon you could have a Dairy Lee crumpet kiss once a day. David, something else. It makes me hungry. That's exactly it. I'm, I'm, when I listen to you, I'm thinking of the audience going, "Oh, listen to the oh Dairy Lee on the." I've got something to tell you, David. Those Oreo biscuits, they're still in the cupboard. God. I haven't even eaten them. We've, we had two, three boxes. There's one box left. What was that? Six weeks ago? Two months? That's impressive. So obviously they didn't um, grab you no, to the extent it's of... not that. It's that I can't eat them. Do you know what? <laughs> well, that's why I don't have them in my, uh, yeah. my flat. I wouldn't, I, I'd, I'd consume them. I'd make myself ill type of thing. I'd have, I'd just have too much of them. And um, it would just be like, I'd feel icky afterwards. hundred percent. Zoe F says, I bloody love the food chat. Uh, Lisa says, have a flipping crumpet, David. Me. Um, Justin says, I bloody love the food chat. It's, 
it's so, it's like Bake Off, isn't it? It's watching people bake cakes and ooh. getting involved. What mm. do you, um, yeah, I wouldn't be able to have those um, Oreos. I mean, that would be a complete disaster. But you can have a crumpet. Dear God, you can well, crumpet maybe. it with a Dairy Lee triangle. Maybe. <laughs> and, and you're not an overweight man at all. So, so I am. Man. No, you're not anyway, at all. Yeah, I fucking am. Oh, you don't see that at all. So I'd say absolutely fine. You can uh, Oreo is a disaster. I completely understand that. I'd have chucked them over my garden fence into my neighbour's garden by now because I'd have probably destroyed myself with the first two boxes. But I think a crumpet and a triangle of Dairy Lee. I think you know anyone. That's like OAP pigeon food. You can get on board that ship. Okay, David. So now it's time to review CJ Seven. Is it? Absolutely, 100%. Okay, so if everyone in the... Um... Shall I quickly say the negatives yeah, on, very quickly? On. Oh, the yeah, kid yeah. is not uh, likeable. He's very, very bratty. He he treats uh, CJ7 quite poorly at times. One time he throws him in the trash and uh, threatens to stab him, which I thought was a bit too much. And also, there's a cultural... Not all the humour makes sense. So, for instance, CJ7 says he'll help him with his exams, and then he just does a poo... Uh, sorry, defecates. This is an adult show. Let's keep it properly. He defecates into the hand of the child, and the child doesn't know what to do with the. It, it's, the humour is very bizarre. Also, the CGI is questionable. The head is fine, but the body is very poorly. Um, visual effects, not special effects, constructed. Okay, so if everyone's uh, everyone's guessed what they think David's going to give CJ7, um, I've written down what I think. I'm now questioning whether, but anyway. Um, okay, David, over to you. How many chuck ices out of five are you going to give CJ7? Two point five. Ooh. Oh, there you go. I said three point five. Two point five. Absolutely, 2.5. The trickster said 2.5, so did Jeff Dale. Justin said 2. Dr. Greggles says 2.5. But he's wrong. I think Dr. Greggles likes it. Um, What would Dr. Greggles give it, like a 4 or 5? I don't know. I mean, the father-son relationship's very good. I think the thing is, I was comparing into my in my head with other great alien interaction with kid films, you know, like E.T. ultimately, and I just didn't feel that it had that kind of, that same weight, really. And also, some of the moments are quite surreal and bizarre. Right. And I don't know, always the humour chimed with me. But there were other aspects where I thought the cultural difference was quite fascinating and interesting. The third act is quite emotionally intense. The creature, I thought the um, CGI visual effects, um, that took me out of it. The body was really poor. Dr. Gregor says he's just a big Stephen Chow fan. Can't go wrong with that, pal. Can't go wrong Stephen Chow. All right, David, thank you so much for this week's movie review not a problem sir not a problem So Mandy hasn't not here because she. Oh, I best not tell you where she is. Oh no! Please do. I don't, you know, I'm, oh, I'm a social creature. You, oh right, her and um, her 
fiance have gone away for the weekend. What? Where to? Um, to like a one of those sort of private pods in the forest, like like tree houses. Oh right, I thought you were like a pod, like they just plug no, just somewhere in for them for to go. I mean, she, her, not my words, her words, just somewhere for them to go and oh, have sex. I can see them right now. They're just going to be either side of the tree because a, a giant box can't climb up ladders. If I was in no, a, they I said, she said they're going, staying in the same to have sex. But they can't get into yet, treehouse. Yet to have. But they wouldn't be able to have sex. They'd be having sex out in the open wilderness because they wouldn't better get up the tree. And therefore, the police would get involved. Someone rung up and said to them, two boxes are, you know, having intercourse in the middle of the new forest or wherever she is." Because there's no way. If I was there, I would have brought a JCB or some kind of crane in the full knowledge that she needs to be elevated and placed on top of the tree. But I doubt this Hoover chap that she's now spending, wasting her time with, is going to have that kind of planning skill. Okay, David, are you ready to... <laughs> Just food for you... thought, that's all. Are you ready to uh, do the random movie generator? Yes, 100%. So this is just... This isn't Mandy. This is just some box that I made. I'm easily replaced. <laughs> that, was, that was a bit toxic. I shouldn't have said that. That was a bit toxic, a bit nasty. Too much. Right. Put the claws okay. away. Here we go. Let's find you a bloody good... Here we go. Let's find you a bloody good film. Okay. First, the genre of the first film that you might be reviewing next week, David. Over to you. Stop. Action. Oh, lovely. And now the decade of that action movie, please. Stop. 1960s. Okay. Generate four action movies from the 1960s, please. Um, Thomas. So Thomas has generated... Four action movies oh dear. from the 1960s. I can tell He's spinning them around in his belly, and it's over to you to tell Thomas when to stop spinning. Stop. Where Eagles Dare. Oh, wow, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. And Richard Burton. Yeah, that would be interesting, definitely. I remember watching it with my dad growing up. Lazy Sunday afternoons on BBC Two with carpet commercials in between. Yeah. 50% off couches. Okay, let's find the genre of the second movie that you might be reviewing next week. Stop. Crime. Ooh. And now the decade, please. Stop. 1960s. It's going to be a 60s-a-thon. Okay, Thomas has uh, created... Oh, wow. Four crime movies from the 1960s. He's spinning them around in his... He's called Thomas's box. Yeah. Who knows? He might replace uh, our lady. Over to you, David. Tell. Please tell Thomas when to stop spinning. Stop. Lolita. Oh, the Kubrick. Yeah. 
Oh, well, I guess it is a crime, isn't it? So quite right. I was expecting bank robberies, not um, grooming. This isn't bad at the moment, is no, it? No, no, absolutely not. I'd be up for um, Kubrick's Lolita. Oh, give me that one. I've never seen it. I there think that's go. the only Kubrick one I've never seen. There you go. Okay, right. Let's it's find the genre of the now, third though, movie that you might be reviewing next week. Stop. Documentary. I love a documentary. And now the decade of this movie, please. Stop. 2000s. Lovely. Okay. Thomas, please generate four documentary movies from the 2000s. Thank you. Thomas has, and it's over to you today, Reed, to tell Thomas when to stop spinning those four documentaries. Stop. Bowling for Columbine. Oh, interesting. Uh, Michael Moore, that will be very interesting. Wow. Okay. I'd be interested in watching that. Yeah. Okay, David. So... The trickster says, I don't think documentaries should be allowed. Wow, huge. Oh, that's controversial, Yeah, sir. really controversial. Well, okay. What's his reasoning for that? Do oh, share us. Please put it on Patreon, uh, trickster. Trickster, yeah, please put it on Patreon, that, yeah. Okay, so it's Where Eagles Dead, Lolita, Bowling for Columbine. I've given each movie an A, a B, and a C. I've jumbled them up, or have I? It's now, David, up to you, or down to you, to tell me which movie you will be reviewing next week. Is it going to be A, B, or C? A. Lolita. Oh, lovely stuff. Lolita. 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 Kubrick's Lolita. How'd you feel? Very interested. I'm more than happy for some Kubrick um, focused fun, basically. David, what do you think of this? Dr. Gregor said, I agree, Trickster. Different experience watching a documentary. I, mean, I, I don't know if it is to a large extent because they're still very narrative focused you know you, you've still got the hero's journey it's still the three acts I, dis- I disagree with them I'm with you David I'm, I'm very much up for a documentary it's still you know and many a director has gone from right Michael Moore he's made um, I mean at least one fiction film isn't it I mean the studios are always you know they're not going to give a documentary director a big budget but many a time they move into normal cinema you know fiction storytelling because they know how to sort of convey a character's journey and uh, you know narrative structures of the audience Alastair Satchel says wow extraordinary choice yeah, Not an great. easy watch, but Sellers is the business. Yeah, oh, I forgot he's in it. Yes, you're quite right. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, Peter Sellers. So it wasn't just um, Doctor Strangelove that Kubrick did with him. Obviously, it was that as well. It'd be fascinating. David something else says, ooh, could be a minefield. Well, politically incorrect, doesn't it, I guess? But, I mean, straight away, it's, it's seen as a crime genre. So we're seeing it as a crime. 
thank you so much for today. Uh, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was superb. No, I loved it too. I'm glad that you enjoyed yourself. Great review. Great to hear you say uh, something other. Uh, um, All the other reviews of Scorsese's movie has been positive. Oh, 100%. It's going to go down as one of his best. So were you sat there going, what? No, I could see that um, it had massive merit, well-edited, great music, brilliant performances, really interesting social commentary about how it's been, you know, toxically merged into American culture of racism and greed and capitalism. So it's got a lot to say for itself, but just strung out too long for me. It's like a party, isn't it? You've got your best friends, the alcohol's flowing, but it's now two o'clock in the morning. You want to go to bed? Yeah. Well, David, thank you so much for this week's. Sorry, uh, everyone, we can't um, do a Patreon again. It's, we're having Wi-Fi issues, and I had family business early in the morning. Uh, but um, we'll be back next week to do it all again and answer your uh, Patreon questions. And for everyone listening, please subscribe, leave comments, please, tell your friends, please do. God, tell yes, the postman, tell everyone, tell. Tell everyone, please. And if you've got, um, if you've seen any of the films we've watched, or you recommend any films, I mean, their film recommendations would be really interesting. Oh, and we're doing, we're recording one. Actually, we're recording one next week, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Wednesday, we're recording one for the Cooker's Nest. A, uh... Yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday morning at eleven a.m. Everyone, we're recording a. a um... One Flow of the Cuckoo's Nest deep dive, aren't we? 100%. Deep dive into a classic, Milos Formon. So if you're um, if you're at work and you can spy on your computer or whatever you're up to, please join us uh, for a lovely deep dive for an hour or so. Um, thank you, David. Brilliant. Thank you, and have a wonderful day indeed. Yeah, and you. Cheers, everyone, and uh, see you on Wednesday. Absolute zero salute. Au revoir. Zero salute. Absolutely. We don't usually do that at the end of this. It's usually the end of the Patreon, but we'll yeah. do a serial salute that we always do. There the Patreon extra. There we go. Actually, what should a mid-morning... This is lunch, isn't it? So oh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a brunching... Um, yeah, sort of brunch. Uh, a brunch bonanza. I don't know what you do. What do you do with a B that's with a hand or something? Um, brunch bonus? I don't know. Yeah. You could imagine me working advertising. Thanks so much, everybody. <laughs> Au revoir. Bye for now.